Welcome to the Long Overdue Podcast from Decatur Public Library in Decatur, Texas. We are here today with Chris. Hello. And Denise. Hi. And Dawn. Hello. And me, I'm Pat. And today we are talking about romance novels. Yay! Yay! (laughs) So, yeah. Because it's Valentine's Day. Because it's, you know. Close to... February. February. Yeah. Close to February. There well, is always, it's always a good time for love. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. And I do believe February is Romance, romance Awareness, awareness Month. month. <laughs> romance so Awareness funny. Month. Yeah, you have to be aware. Be aware. Of romance. Be aware. So be aware, Not people. Not be aware. <laughs> nope. Just be aware. Okay. Isn't it like National Friendship beware. Day sometimes? <laughs> sometimes. Yes. Yeah, they have that. There's all that stuff that they wrap up around Valentine's Day. Can yeah. I tell you something I heard on the radio Please. today? So they were talking about... On Valentine's Day, Mm -hmm. the most Googled phrases or words for different states. Okay. And so um, one state was like National Friendship Day or Friendship Day. Uh, Another state was poetry, some kind of like, I don't know, lovey-dovey poetry Mm -hmm. stuff. Okay. So uh, one state was Hooters. (laughs) (laughs) That's a place to take your Valentine's date. Uh Right? Wow. And do you know what Texas's was? Oh, no. Dirty poetry. (laughs) Dirty poetry. What? That's what they said. I'm just (laughs) repeating what I heard. (laughs) I I wish they would give sources for things sometimes. Because they could just be making this all up. Well, I'm assuming it was Google searches, some kind of stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, those people looking up dirty poetry use Google. Everybody else uses some, some other <laughs> browser. <laughs> Are you, I'm just like, really? Like you went with dirty poetry? Like There's, there's so many other ways to say that. Yeah, <laughs> phrase that differently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pass it up a little and just be like, erotica? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, well, that could get well, you all kinds of places. Yeah. Maybe it was just like. But so could dirty poetry. Well, <laughs> maybe it was about nature. Or Animals or something. Mud. Okay, that's dirty. yeah. It was about uh, poetry about mud. Yeah, uh, there you go. Dirty about poetry. mudding or things like that. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Whatever you know. We tried Texas. We tried. <laughs> okay, so. Well, we're not just talking about any romance novels, although well, we, we, are. we can. We can. I'm sure we, I'm we, sure we will. But part of, part of this is also we're talking about the romance novels of Lori Wilde. Why are we talking about Lori Wilde? Well, what rumor on the street is that she's a Texas author, right? That's the rumor I hear. Yeah. yeah. That's that's what I heard going into this, so that's why I, <laughs> I read a book. That's what I was told. That's why I you heard. read a book? <laughs> normally I don't read, but... So, yes, that's I think why. normally we don't read this kind of book. Well, and I was going to say that. Maybe we should establish who reads yeah. this genre, I guess, I out of the not, four of that's us. That's fair. Who reads this genre out of the four of us? I do. I would say let's raise hands, but... <laughs> Not helpful, Denise. <laughs> Pat, well, well Pat I knows. do. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Not not 
only this yeah, not exclusively. I do yes. read this genre. <laughs> yes. And and I will say that romance novels cover a pretty wide mm-hmm. range of things. Yes. From, yes. You know, Christian inspirational romance to Fifty Shades and more, mm-hmm. you know, that that And then you got subgenres. Yeah. Like yeah. Paranormal romance and all that. And I saw and that. We were looking at that. I almost bought a book just because it yeah. was paranormal. And romance. <laughs> and you're like, maybe well, this you know, it's, maybe it's really one. interesting because you can, there are all kinds of authors who write something else, but then decide that they need a pseudonym mm-hmm. for their for their romance novels oh. or vice versa. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. I just just got, I, I had no idea. I, yes, I'm a librarian and have been for a long time, but I had never read a Nora Roberts novel. What? Until this week. Really? Last week, I guess. And, and I discovered she writes romance. I did not know that. I don't think she, I mean, obviously she doesn't only write mm-hmm. romance. I think J.D. Robb books are, Romance? Are they romance? They are, yes. Because I thought they were police procedurals and yeah, with like thrillers, not loving in like it. sci-fi. Just a little. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The good thing is, is that it's with her husband, so you know they just have <laughs> romance. Yeah, they get no in their yeah. I, okay, in so their, in their investigations. Read, yes, I have read <laughs> these books, and so Eve Dallas. Yeah, you're saying. Yeah, Eve She's Dallas has a husband in the books. Yes. Okay, because I thought that's what her, you meant oh, was that's her Nora love Roberts right? No, I thought you meant Nora Roberts writes those books with her husband. Her real life. Oh, that's what I thought you meant. Oh no, when you said that. Okay, see, I don't know. I just know, you know, it's kind of my. It's on the bestseller list. Mm-hmm. Other people are reading it. I'll let them. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, unless someone says to me, I really liked this book. You should read this this book or this author. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do that. I'm, you know, so, so anyway. I, I really like the J.D. Robb books because there's a lot of, it's murder mystery kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. She's a police officer in the mm-hmm. future. And so there's mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, she goes on these, she's a murder detective kind mm. of thing. Um, you, you would probably like her actually. <laughs> <laughs> You, you should read one of these books. Um, so I, yeah, I've those those are kind of my favorite romance novels. Really, mm-hmm. is the ones that have some kind of mystery or something like that. The ones where the people involved are police or special forces or you know something like that. So there's something mm-hmm. else going on besides blah 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 blah. You know, that kind of stuff. So That was awesome. <laughs> so, yeah. A subplot. Okay. Well, to the romance. You know, it. what I really like the best is when they're parallel plots. Parallel plots. And so they're kind of equally important in the story, but then it's a happy ending and they end up together and all that. I, I like happy endings, so I like romance rather than literary fiction, which can have romance, but then it doesn't necessarily end well. So that's yeah. Is that the, that's is accurate. that what makes it a romance? Is that it ends well and everybody? Well, everybody no, lives happily I mean, it depends on who you ask. Okay. Because you know, 
historically, romance was simply... There's, there's feelings involved. It's just like a, a relationship develops. Yeah. I mean, it emo. could be. Oh, it could be. So, you know, originally romance simply meant that, I think. Well, I don't know. The, I'm making yeah. up stuff again. Yeah. You know how I do. No, it's cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, you did that earlier, didn't you? I did. <laughs> she sells it and very well. And you believed me. I did. <laughs> um,. No, what was it? There's there used to be just two genres or something like that, or at least in the the playwrights like Shakespeare was. There's just tragedy and comedy, and mm-hmm. that's it. And uh, the way it was explained to me was like comedy or tragedy ends with a death knell, and comedy ends with a wedding bell. Oh my <laughs> goodness! <laughs> huh. But like, the same story could be going along. It's just how it ends. W- Right, it could be, you know, the stories could be different or whatever, but it's always there's somebody that dies at the end of a tragedy or somebody's always getting married at the end of a comedy. It might not even okay. be like the main characters or anything, but it always ends with a wedding of somebody. All right, so I'm going to have to test that theory now with my books that I read. <laughs> <laughs> somebody dying or are they getting married? But uh, <laughs> Kind of the same thing. Or if you've got a murder mystery <laughs> romance, <laughs> it's both. Yeah. <laughs> But we solved that murder. And so I'm reading somebody right now. Oh, what is her name? Um, yes, I wrote this down. And now I've got so many pages of stuff. I can't find it. Um, Katie Riggle, I think. And and she's got this series that, I've, that I just found. And the first thing that happens is there's arson... And they find a dead body when somebody's doing search and rescue training in an ice, like a lake that's covered with ice. They they open a hole in the ice to do their search and rescue training in cold water. Mm-hmm. And somebody bumps something and it's a dead body. Ooh. So that's the beginning of it. But it's a romance novel. Mm-hmm. So it's not your typical lovey-dovey, mm-hmm. everything sweet kind of novel. So there's stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nora, Nora Roberts has a trilogy about it's more sci-fi kind of like there's hmm. um yeah yeah there's like witchcraft and different things in it um hmm. it was really good i enjoyed it hmm. well you know i, I kind of enjoy the the authors who don't just do one formula mm-hmm. you know i mean who who branch out and try different things so but that's kind of why i stopped reading them because i got to the point where it's like okay there's Mm-hmm. You knew what was going to happen because yeah. it follows the same pattern. formula. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Different names, different characters, same plots. Yes, yeah. different royal title. Well, yeah. <laughs> so there was a period when I was reading a lot of historical romance, and what I found out is I was learning history. Mm. <laughs> oh yeah, from historical romance, which mm-hmm. means that I'm trusting that these people are doing their research mm-hmm. and telling me true stuff about the period. Mm. Which a lot of them, I mean, most of them will do, just because that's, you know, that's part of you know, kind of what they're about is I want to make this authentic and then put my fictional characters mm-hmm. into this situation, but. So that was kind of like how um, The Wives of Henry VIII, it's a YA book. Oh, uh-huh. I just read that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it talks about the relationship with each uh, woman and the king. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of, I think, how 
it was portrayed. Mm-hmm. And I, obviously, a lot of it they don't know, so they had to insert right. you know, stuff. But right. I enjoyed it. And I, I hope that I learned some actual mm-hmm. history out of that. <laughs> <laughs> so... Anyway, it well, was good. Denise and I were talking about something last week as we were talking about this podcast. Mm-hmm. And, and one of those is that the way I view romance novels has changed in light of the Me Too movement. And, and you know, just as I've grown mm-hmm. as a person mm-hmm. and my expectations about how women are treated and about how women behave, how, mm-hmm. how women act, and... So a lot of those early, early romance novels would would be, you know, somebody's kidnapped and they fall in love and everything's wonderful right. at the end. Mm-hmm. And and so, you know, now I think that was kind of the first group of novels that I stopped reading is those that were all Stockholm Syndrome on me, you mm-hmm. know, because mm-hmm. um, I thought, well, I don't really want to read this and I don't want to be paying money to somebody who relies on that Mm -hmm. for their Mm storyline. Um, and you know, I know there were, there were some novelists who that was their whole, their whole part of their formula. Yeah. That was, that was the formula. Mm -hmm. They just said it in different time periods Mm -hmm. and different geography. And, and that's, Mm -hmm. that was their whole storyline. Um, that recently, Sort of recently, I read um, somewhere online that there was this big stink with this one woman's book that she had written that was a historical romance. Uh-huh. And it was where a woman in a concentration camp falls in love with one of the Nazi guards. Mm. <gasps> oh, wow. And it's just like, you thought this was a good idea? <laughs> I think I remember reading about, and something it, about that. Yeah, too. it was. I mean, I don't mm. think she's writing books anymore. Yeah. <laughs> interesting but mm. it's just like that's it's like that's not that's not good don't mm. do that hmm. so you're gonna take that entire that entire romance trope and wow. yeah i can't even imagine that happening that's yeah that that's oh, even yeah. worse than stockholm syndrome yeah i mean that's not even the same thing that's blah. good gracious mm-hmm. huh yeah because if it did he wasn't in love with her. I mean, he would have, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Unless, yeah. Yeah. Like Unless just- she changed him and his whole outlook on life. That's See, right. There's a way to turn this into a positive. <laughs> well, <laughs> one I- less Nazi out there because of that woman. <laughs> because him. of love. Okay. Yeah. We're not going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. No, I was just thinking, I-, I know a lot of those people did what they did because they to survive. were just, Right. Well, sure. And so, and that's why it's like, well, some of them were good people, but they they had to do what they had to do because they would be in the, the camp if they didn't, mm. or their families would be. It's a okay tough so, decision to yeah. have. It is. It is. Romance is a common sub subplot in a wide variety of stories. Yeah. In, like in what other genres? Like romance oh, is sure. is a commonly it's like. I think I read somewhere it's the most commonly used subplot, like mm-hmm. not parallel plot, like what right. you were talking about, but like you know, there's an adventure or a crime mm-hmm. or a whatever, yeah. and then also they these two people meet and just have there happens to be a thing going on or so something. So that's like interesting that. that you would say that in the the book that the book club just read, sold on a Monday by Christina McMorris. 
It's the story of a journalist in 1931 who stages a photo of children for sale because the parents can't, you know, whatever, Mm -hmm. after having seen this real thing, but then the photo of the real thing was destroyed. So he staged one, and because of that staged photo, this mom sold her children. Mm. And then the, you know, the sorrow and the tragedy that, that happened because of that. And, and going through looking at this journalist, well, there's this romance subplot. And some of the book club members just did not want any part of that. They said that was ridiculous. They didn't want to read about it. And I mm-hmm. thought, people fall in love. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you think people meet each other? At, There's at, not yeah. Match.com. You know, it's, it, that's not... At some point, it was a subplot. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, a, it's a real thing that happens to people. So to say, oh, that didn't belong in this story. Well, why not? Mm-hmm. I think that I find that as a subplot in books that I've read, I think I find it more believable than than like what I read here. That Where was, it's the main plot. It's the main thing. Mm-hmm. And it's just everything's just about this thing happening mm-hmm. just so. Um, to me, it makes more sense that two people like are introduced in a realistic yeah. way through like a situation or a common you know, goal or common interest and then and then something happens between them along the way, but mm-hmm. not make that the central, mm-hmm. you know, everything just happened just so, so that these two got together. Yeah. So, well, and that's how I feel about rom-coms too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I'm watching one of those and it's just like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> I was like, gosh, if, I love rom-coms. <laughs> if I have a flat tire on the side of the road and some guy tries to help me out, I'm going to be like, okay, but not like, oh, I, do you want to say no? You are a stranger. Get away from me. <laughs> See, Thanks for the help. That's what happens, though. You know, you say no, and then I don't know. <laughs> and you then know, we, a month or two down the road, you somehow run into each other. Run again. into each other and, again, and it's not creepy at all. And, no, and it's, and it's New it's York City with ten million people population, like, and somehow it just happens. What are the well, maybe they work in the same building? I don't yeah. know. <laughs> what are the odds? Astronomical. That's what the odds are. That's right. But I will say. I like to read romances and I like to watch rom-coms simply because I I like to be reassured that there are good things happening to people in the world. Mm-hmm. There are also easy reads to help well, you relax. Yes. Yeah. So like when I was in graduate school, anytime I had a semester break, that's what I read mm-hmm. because I was an English major and mm-hmm. then I was a library science major. So I was reading intense stuff for school. So when I had a break, this is what I read because mm-hmm. it's easy. You don't have to think hard about it to make sense of it. Mm-hmm. It makes sense for itself mm-hmm. because it's just a sweet, nice story. Mm-hmm. And there are no subplots that get in the way. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, unless you've got one of those. <laughs> no this, hidden metaphors or anything like that. It's <laughs> all there, like that clearly mapped out for you. You know, that's true. You don't have to wor- have to wonder, what does that symbolize? Yeah, well, well heck, it's a here. naked body. Yeah. It's, that's what There's it symbolizes. No symbolism. <laughs> that's it. Is a, 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 it is a, what it is. It is. <laughs> <laughs> It's 
a yeah. perfect symbol for exactly what it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Huh. No hidden message. Straightforward symbol selling. Yeah. So when I was reading my book for this, I was talking to a friend of mine, and I was talking about how I was reading a book for this podcast, and or that I was listening to this book for this podcast, and it was it was work. <laughs> and he was just like, "Are you reading a murder book because of our yeah. do we like murder podcast?" And I'm like, "No, I'm reading a romance." He went. A murder romance? <laughs> and I was like, I don't. No. He's like, is that a thing? And I was, I was like, I don't, I don't think that's a thing. And then I, we went on a little bit longer, and then I was just like, wait a minute, VC Andrews, VC Andrews would be murder romance. <laughs> I'm like, there, boom. <laughs> we just created a whole How subgenre. Funny. How funny. Uh. Hmm. He also had no idea who B.C. Andrews was, so then I described the plot of uh, Flowers in the Attic for him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just to, you know. <laughs> I was like, don't tell me you don't know who this person is. Because <laughs> I'm trying to I'm read about, that. I'm about to it. traumatize you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe I need to go back and try again. <laughs> so, are you going to talk about your book now? Is that what we're doing? I don't know. Talk about your book. Tell us about your book. So, I listened to a wedding on Bluebird Way. Mm-hmm. Well, I listened to the first three discs of <laughs> waiting on Blue how many Way. discs are there 10 uh, <laughs> so it was work it's so, it so much work <laughs> the thing about this book is that it's a collection of short stories but they all tie in together uh-huh. so the first one was written by Lori Wilde and then the second was Janet Daly Allison Charles and Stacy Keith. And so they each wrote a different little short story hmm. to go in there. So Lori Wilde's was the first three discs. Oh, okay. <laughs> so that's the one you then I was to. like, okay. <laughs> done. I don't need to know what happens after here. <laughs> I don't need to know. In, in that p- first part of the story, Felicity Patterson owns a little BNB called Bluebird Inn. Because they're on a Bluebird Way. Huh. Your character owned a B&B? Yeah. Did yours own a B&B? N- no, but it was the family business, and she was expected at one point to take it over. Oh. So, at some point, we'll have to figure out where these fall chronologically. <laughs> yeah. Because that's part of what I love about romances, too, is you've got this series, and you get to know this family or this group of friends, mm-hmm. and you kind of follow them from one book to the next. <laughs> and, okay. Sorry. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So she has a little B&B. The whole thing starts out with this prologue about her birth. And apparently, on the day of her birth, a bluebird flew into the window and broke its neck. Oh. Yeah. And therefore, the midwife, and I'm like, when when was this said? This was, okay, sure, midwife. So then the midwife tells the mom that this was indeed a bad omen and her child was going to be jinxed. For the rest of her life, and she would never know happiness. And it's like, mm-hmm. really? <laughs> okay. And Felicity is very happy-go-lucky person. She does deal with a lot of trauma in her life. Just a lot of stuff that happens one after the other. And I'm just like, okay, let's pile. The, let's you know spread this on thick. Uh-huh. <laughs> let's jinx thing. Let's do it. 
we're all in. <laughs> so as an as an adult, she meets a man and she marries him and she's super happy and he's the great love of her life and he inherits this beautiful Victorian house on Bluebird Way. And so they decide to open up a and b and then he gets cancer and dies. Oh. oh. So now she's got this uh, Victorian house that they turned into a and b and she wants to keep it going because it was his dream and it kind of became her dream too. I'm just like, okay. <laughs> Whatever you do, you do you. Hmm. So the big rich family in town mm-hmm. calls her up and wants to book her little inn for their daughter's wedding. And Savannah Loving, that's their last name, Loving, mm-hmm. um, is going to marry the, like, I guess the most sought after bachelor in town, oh, Dr. Chase. Here it comes. Yeah. <laughs> And so they book the wedding there. And so then everybody wants to book their wedding there. So she's like, well, this is going to work out. Like, this is fine. Because mm-hmm. she was a little worried, you know, that her business wasn't going so well. But now the loving family wants to have a wedding mm-hmm. here. Now everybody mm-hmm. wants to have a wedding here. Mm-hmm. So great. This is great. Well, she gets everything ready. It's all looking beautiful. Uh, Savannah's uncle, Major Tom Loving. <laughs> <laughs> Major loving. Uh-huh. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is invited to the wedding. He was a little surprised by that because he's not really all that close to his brother. But, you know, let's make amends. And so he shows up. And, of course, he's like, that innkeeper, man, she's hot. And she's like, he's pretty good looking. Uh-huh. Okay, great. Wedding happens. Savannah is uh, not really having it. And so her father's dragging her down the aisle. Uh-oh. At some point, she breaks loose, takes off her dress, or no, kicks off her heels and runs. And her uncle had given her the keys to his motorcycle because he drives a motorcycle, of course. Of course he of course. does. Of course. He gets there to check in and she's like, oh, do you have a car that we need to value? And he's like, I drive a motorcycle. And I was like, of course you do. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's better than you riding up on your horse. <laughs> That's what my guy does. <laughs> <laughs> and he had jokingly given Savannah the keys to his motorcycle in case she wants to make a run for it. Ha, ha, ha. Uh, so she does. <laughs> Dr. Chase runs after her. And chases that's what, her. Yeah, chases her. Mm-hmm. That's where she takes off her dress, throws it at him. She's wearing <laughs> leggings and a t-shirt. Like she, she was, she was it. Yeah, yeah. This wasn't something she wanted to do. And she takes off in the guy's motorcycle. And so now he's <clears throat> stuck there. <clears throat> so I want to say that I did a lot of eye rolling that I thought I was going to like permanently damage my eyes <laughs> while I was driving because I was listening to this. Like Sprain an eyeball or <laughs> yeah, something. Yeah, so I was like, like uh. <laughs> 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 And this is like, it, but I would have done that with any romance book mm-hmm. because this is not my thing. Uh-huh. So one of the things that I have trouble with in the entire romance book thing is that they tend to wax poetic and get very verbose and then suddenly it's like let's just muck it all up mm-hmm. you know and i'm like pick a style 
And in this case, she uses the words majestic to describe Major Tom. And then within the next paragraph, his gaze was a kick, spicy as sriracha. And I'm like, which is it? <laughs> like, are we going to go with majestic and use all this nice flowery language? Uh-huh. And then we go with sriracha. <laughs> and I'm like, all right. <laughs> spicy. Yeah. <laughs> so Savannah takes off. And now everybody's canceling weddings because the inn is jinxed. And anybody that gets married there is going to have a terrible like married life and you're gonna get divorced so no one wants to get married there and i'm like really like you all believe this okay (laughs) so then she starts felicity starts believing that she's jinx that the whole thing was true and i'm just like uh (laughs) yeah okay major tom decides that he wants to stick around because he does really like this woman he notices that the bluebird like there's no bluebirds and he's like (laughs) what happened to the bloopers and she's like i don't know they just they ran into the window yes yes like they just stopped coming i guess i don't know so then he's like oh well let me like help you attract the bluebirds to come back to bluebird way and i'm just like all right (laughs) okay like all of this i'm just like what (laughs) like what is this he's being sweet denise (laughs) yeah One of the funny things where he was talking about like when they finally had their first kiss and she, of course, pulls away because we can't do this. And I'm like, all right, <laughs> you've, you've honestly just spent like a whole CD <laughs> talking about how much you want this guy. But OK. OK. Well, and why can't they do it? Because she's her husband is gone. Yeah, and she's been a widow for a while. Missing. He's single. Yeah. And I'm just like why not okay. yeah right exactly like she has no good reason for this other than plot twist mm-hmm. <laughs> so i'm just like okay sure and so he agrees you know all right we'll be friends i'll be respectful mm-hmm. and in his mind in his inner dialogue he's talking about like you know how like he's thinking about how much he likes her but he's not really saying why he likes her like he's just you know there's something about her and then at the end of his long thought process he's like what is it about her that i that i really like and his thought was because she's awesome (laughs) (laughs) and i'm like yeah (laughs) that still doesn't explain anything it doesn't explain anything but still like he's going through this whole thing in his mind and i'm like is it that she's you know obviously a a go-getter you know that she's dedicated to what she's doing businesswoman businesswoman independent Mm -hmm. any of this no no she's just awesome and I'm like, all right there, Valley Boy. Let's move on, I guess. You're just supposed to know that that's why he thinks she's awesome. <laughs> You've been reading it. You're supposed to just... I've been listening to it. <laughs> listening to it, yeah. I'm just like, okay. He finally got it. Yeah, seeing... she's just awesome. <laughs> At some point, they finally decide to, you know, what the hey, let's let's go for it. Let's be a, let's be a thing. He's going to stay mm-hmm. there in... Um, wichita falls and so oh this is set in texas by the way 
<laughs> yeah. To Were they all set in Texas? Mine, mine was. Yeah. I think so, yeah. And so he decides to stay, decide to have a relationship. Keep in mind, this was all within like a few days. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is all within a few days. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I'm like, all right there. <laughs> within these few days, Savannah does finally come back, leave him his motorcycle, and um, she gets news that she may have cancer. Felicity? Yeah. Okay. And so now we're going back into the jinxed part uh-huh. of the story. She can't have children because of some of her other previous uh disasters Mm -hmm. and so she can't have children and so when they're finally together he proposes to her Mm -hmm. and she's just like well you know we don't know if i have cancer or not he's like i don't care (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. let's get married (laughs) i'm not like it's been what three days four days Mm -hmm. heck let's say a week (laughs) it's been a week (laughs) i'm like okay and she's all like, well, what if you one day you want kids? She's like, well, adopt. And I'm like, well, there you go. Like, we're all tying it up into a nice little bow here. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, well, what about the business? He's like, oh, it'll be fine. Like, we got the bluebirds to come back. No one's going to think that this place is jinxed anymore. I'm like, okay. All of this sounds great. And then uh, her aunt, Molly, comes over and tells her that Someone called and they want to book the bluebird in for another wedding. And she's like, oh, who? And it's like, Savannah. She wants to have her wedding here. She's like, oh, did her and Dr. Chase get back together? No, No. she's marrying someone else. (laughs) (laughs) And then that's where Lori Wilde's part of the story ends. And so the next part, I guess, is Savannah and what she was doing on that motorcycle. <laughs> and, and, and why she's going to get married again to like a week, else, a, a week later, a week later. <laughs> after leaving her last fiance at the altar. <laughs> because a two-day romance is going to be much better than one that's lasted a little longer. Yep. Mm-mm-mm-mm. If that's where it goes. Mm-hmm. Well, what I read was was, I think it was better than that. What did you read? I read The Valentine's Day Disaster, a Twilight Texas. Oh, you read a Twilight story Texas or novella story. or whatever. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so, the So, let me just say that the Twilight Texas series, the the first several are Christmas and then there's other holidays and then there starts to be clubs, oh. the garden club and the cookie club and the quilting club and the knitting club. So that's oh, okay. that's how that series kind of flows. So the reason I didn't pick that one is because uh, it wasn't the first in that series. I yeah, this think. is just like a little side novella. Yeah, but I don't think I missed anything. Okay. <laughs> like I don't know if, if well, this... Well, you know, a, a lot of times when you're reading a you know, you sort of pick up in the middle of a series, they'll kind of fill you in. Sure. Mm-hmm. And the only problem would come if you were going to go back and read one of those earlier ones and you would already know what Yeah, happened. some mm-hmm. things would be spoiled. Well, so, yeah. I thought about that as yeah. I was reading this because the main character, Sesti, awesome. Sesti Snow. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, it talks about how she just broke up with her hotshot lawyer boyfriend, um, because he was cheating on her with the barista at the coffee shop. And she was more upset about not being o- able to go to the coffee shop anymore. <laughs> Props to that. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, Which tells her (laughs) that was not her true love after all. Right. And now she leaves herself open for true love. See, I know how these things work. And and through the story, she talks about how awful um, and like how placid her relationship with Chad was. And I was like, I hope there wasn't a whole other book about this relationship before this story because dang. I will say that I once upon a time did date a barista and we broke up. I continued to go to the coffee shop. Did you? Yeah, because I was all like, you're not going to stop me from having my coffee. Well, Sesti did not. She, um, so yeah, essentially the story is, and okay, so I went into this, I knew what I was getting myself into. So having those expectations, I was just kind of like, okay, whatever, I'll just, you know. If it's silly, then I'll just enjoy the silliness of it. And it was. It was very silly. The whole the, the started out, and there's going to be, it's Valentine's Day, and she's like an event planner. That's her big thing. She's a perfectionist. She's got to get it right. And the big one of the big events she's planning for Valentine's Day is a bachelor auction. And so uh, at the very beginning of the story, they're doing like a rehearsal where they're getting ready, all the bachelors ready. Mm-hmm. And they're all like, you know, there's like a fireman and a cowboy. And, you know... And they're all up there, and they're People all... People auctions always seem very weird yeah. and wrong to me. And they're all shirtless <laughs> on the stage. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay, well, this makes a lot of sense based on all the covers of the book. <laughs> mine, mine didn't have a steamy cover. It's just got like a little blue flowery background with some birds. Yeah, yours looks really tame. I know. Mine, mine just has a dude in like a tuxedo or something and some with a shirt yeah he has a shirt on oh. but uh but <laughs> in the opening scene down to there um <laughs> so w- one of the uh one of the bachelors has injured himself and can't be on the stage so they need someone and they're going through all the the eligible dudes that could come and they and it's they, chad no no it's not chad <laughs> it is josh langtree um Sesti's, first love from high school 10 years ago uh, and uh and so she's 28 <laughs> way to sneak tw- that in 27 <laughs> okay yeah they were like 17 or she was 17 or whatever anyway um he just he, he just is recovering from an injury because he's a nascar racer and he had a huge accident so he comes back into town and he's got some community service to do because he destroyed the neighbor's valentine's day uh, decorations on accident. He is a bad boy. No, it was. He just went <laughs> over there. But it was an accident. He went over there to unplug it because he said there was like a, ne- a sign of like these giant neon lips that were keeping him up all night. <laughs> so he went over there to unplug it, but then he like tripped and and they broke all and the he pieces. Tripped. And, yeah. In quotation marks. And so he has like forty hours of community service. So this is what he ends up doing. And she's like, "We need an extra bachelor, so take off your shirt and get up there." <laughs> By the way. Yeah. And so the whole story is just them, because it goes back, it, it is nice, it goes back and forth from her perspective to his perspective. And it's them going through this process of like, you know, we did this 10 years ago and we realized it was a mistake and, you know, we're first lows, but we're, it, we're not going to do this. I wonder and, if that's a thing that she does, because she did that with mine too. Yeah. Went back and forth between Felicity and Major. Oh, okay. Major Tom. Mm-hmm. Well, I appreciated mm-hmm. that at least to get a little bit of both perspectives. That's, yeah. That's how I know that, she, that he thought she was awesome. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> his big deep thoughts. I just I don't know. I just think so, it's 
I'm just going to throw this in. But I just listened to a book where it was first person by the main character, but then every once in a while they would want to fill you in on what was going on elsewhere that the main character didn't know about. Mm-hmm. So it was it was um, Egyptology, and this, this it was in like the 19. 19- 20s, the early 20s, and they were in Egypt on an archaeological dig. And so they would say, the following is a reading from Manuscript H. And it would just be this whole third person whatever scene that she wasn't in. And then they would say, that concludes this this portion of Manuscript H. And you would go back to the first person narrative. And it was like, that is so weird and distracting. So let's just switch perspectives yeah. instead. Yeah, let's, let's just, just do, do that. that. <laughs> That's so much better. It's it's funny there's the, so there's this scene where they go to lunch and they oh they keep saying like the whole thing they that shows their thoughts and it says, shows them what they say. They're like we shouldn't do this. I'm not going to do this. You know, stop being attracted to him, stop being attracted to her. But blah why? blah blah. And then and then they go and do exactly the thing that they just said that they weren't going to do. <laughs> but why was it wrong? <laughs> like this is this is where I'm like, do you have a good reason for this not to be a good idea? Because <laughs> he had just broken up with his uh, his fiance as well because she was cheating on him with her best friend. So oh, they're both like they're, they're both like the same book. we're both on the rebound, and so we don't need okay. to be doing this. And this is, and we're not looking for a fling. But, but they continue. Somebody's got to be the rebound person. Yeah. So they they continually do this though rebound. through the whole right. story where they're like. <laughs> We're not gonna do this, and and then and then they do like, the, like I'm not gonna kiss him, and then you know, and then she does, and then yeah. she does, and <laughs> um, and so then they you know they end up reigniting this fire, uh, like she hasn't built some stage props, uh, like they're just alone together in her place building props for the thing. I'm like, if you don't want this to happen, then don't put yourself yeah. in situations like this. <laughs> you know, find something else for him to do, um, and then they go to the park where. Uh, he didn't carve their initials into the tree. Um, apparently, Valentine's Day is a big deal here, like everywhere in romance novels. Yeah, everybody loves it, and it's just like it's like Christmas, except it's Valentine's so Day. So Twilight Texas just really likes their holidays. I guess so. <laughs> what I'm gathering, yeah, from the Christmas and other holiday books, and they have this conversation while they're at while they're having lunch about how love is just a chemical reaction and. And how dumb it is, and how dumb Valentine's Day is, and they're like doing this big anti-Valentine's Day thing, and yeah, and then they so they go to the park, and uh, and that's where things start to get really heated. Um, and she tells him like, "Don't, you know, we we need we can't be out here in the park because there's a curfew, and the police will get us." <laughs> and, and, you're, and you're already doing community service, right? And then, <laughs> and then guess what happens? They the police get him but he shows her that um their name is on the tree but he he didn't carve the initials because she was like a rules follower and she's like don't do that it's bad for the tree so he got red nail polish and painted it on there and it was still just barely visible 10 years later 10 years later i guess it never like rains and stuff and that just like (laughs) and when i do my nails they don't last a week yeah right (laughs) but that just ignited a warm (laughs) just a warm you know recurrence of all these feelings that she had for him and uh so yeah the cops get him which i appreciated some of this because i had an experience like that during my (laughs) my courtship um where we were in the park 
and uh, <laughs> you could to- you could totally relate. <laughs> so you know it w- it wasn't uh, exactly like that, but but we were in the park. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to know. Stop talking. TMI, Chris. TMI. We were just talking. Yeah, there well, you go. Really, we, were we weren't even talking. we weren't even officially to get together yet. We were talking about where we were in our relationship, mm. and then the cops came and, and That's inter- interrupted funny because us. Because I had a similar experience at the elementary school across the street. We were sitting there <laughs> eating donuts because I didn't know there was a curfew. Okay, oh. I mean, why would there be a curfew? Yeah. It's a playground. Why yeah. can't you just go there when you want to? I I had no idea. <laughs> And we were sitting because there. That's we where people there go to table eating donuts at ten thirty or something. Mm-hmm. And the cops come by, and you can't be here. Can't There's be a curfew, here. ten yeah. o'clock. What? So I went home because it was a block away. Yeah. <laughs> and we ate our donuts there. They're like at least bakers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is not a euphemism. We were really eating donuts. <laughs> I'll just say that. <laughs> from the bakery and everything. Well, I didn't. <laughs> well, there was some I didn't think it was a euphemism, and then, and then until and you said it. Uh, so anyway, that happens, and again, it's like like you were saying with your book, like this whole thing where they they get swept up back together, mm-hmm. and and they like decide that oh, we really are supposed to be together. It takes like maybe two or three days tops. Mm-hmm. Did did they one of them propose? No. Well, there's at least that. But uh, <laughs> because I was like, really? So it's it's called a <laughs> Valentine's kind of fast there, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's called the Valentine's Day disaster because there is a disaster that happens. It's a flood, um, and everybody's really on edge whenever there's a storm because a tornado came through in one of the other stories, and uh, and some people were killed. Mm. So um, they get in a storm shelter, and that's where the hot and heavy love scene happens. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Um, <laughs> And then after that they happens, they were in the shelter by themselves. <laughs> they were. They were in. They were in her storm shelter. Let's um, just put these boxes here in the dark. Time. Like they didn't oh have God, a flashlight or anything. There was no power, so it was pitch black. And okay. Um, okay. Anyway, after that, they go. They're like, they're like, let's go see how it is outside. And her assistant Jaina is on top of a car, and she's trapped by the flood. So he jumps in there and saves her. And with his shirt on. Yes. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure he did have his shirt on. Um, he goes. He ends up re-injuring his knee and going to the hospital for hypothermia. And uh, there's this In Texas on Valentine's Day. Yeah, they talked about how cold it is. <laughs> it can. Be I know. <laughs> he um. Snow in February. Yes, in we March. Are. He knows she's a perfectionist and cares about her event, so he has to say something really mean to her so that she'll go and do the event instead of worrying about him. He's like, it's like, well, we're not, you're not, we're not family. We're not even together. I don't need you here at the hospital. And then you hear, see his inner monologue and he's like, oh, I'm so sorry I had to do that, but I need her to go and do her event. And then, so the whole time she's like, oh, he doesn't really want to be with me. It was just, you know, one night thing. And then at the end, there's this. I knew I was just a rebound. Yeah, there's this big confession where she's like, it's not true. I really love everything about Valentine's Day. I love the hearts and the cupids and the <laughs> and the chocolate and and he's like and he says something like, "Well, I do too." And then, like in this whole paragraph, it's just like you know, this all happened because we really are meant for each other. And that was the end of the story. They ended up. I don't know what happens after that because there was no proposal. 
<laughs> but apparently they realized that their their first love really was the the real one and Aww. yeah well wow. i don't know about y'all it's getting hot in here <laughs> i mean really it's hot <laughs> it was it was very i mean the actual temperature of the room <laughs> yes it was very silly um, at least it, it came off as silly to me, but like I said, I knew what I was getting into going into it, so I just enjoyed that silliness of it, and that a lot of that I think was deliberate in this case. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was very aware, like I think that she was very aware of what she was writing, and so um, I don't, I didn't ever get the impression that it was really taking itself too seriously. Mm-hmm. So it was, you know, it was fun. Um, I ha- I get the feeling that if I read another story like by her or another story like this then it would be just like reading the same kind of thing except different characters mm-hmm. like i don't know if that's if that's the case in these kind of stories if they're like you've read one and you've pretty much read them all but i just kind of got that impression that that's how it would be for me <laughs> hmm. well you know and, and i'm kind of thinking i used to read a lot of the romance books and then I just kind of, I don't know, decided I, I really needed to advance my <laughs> reading <laughs> skills or something. I don't know. Um, but then, you know, going back to them, they they were like, okay, here we go again. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, I don't know. So I guess I'm trying to compare, like, my reading prior to in the, unknowing like the ignorance part of it i don't know what it was but it was like i enjoyed reading them it was no big deal and i just read that's what i read and now it's like it's hard for me to read them Mm -hmm. so i don't know if a lot of people who read this genre don't really read into it a lot maybe or you know what i'm trying to say yeah, mm-hmm. I can definitely agree <laughs> with very vague. agree with Pat <laughs> on that. It it wasn't hard to read. It was it was very easy and light, and and yeah. even though it's not mm-hmm. my favorite like genre or anything like that, I was never stressed out or anything yeah. while I was reading it. It was just really quick well, and you know, fun. there's so many different ways of writing. You know, different people, different authors take you know take a different light. But I read three or four of, of Lori Wilde's books from different series. And what I liked about this most was that she does, it's, it's all fun. Mm-hmm. Even when there was one that's a, um, somebody gets involved as like a spy, you know, something happens to her sister. And so she gets mixed up with the FBI. And so serious stuff is mm-hmm. going on, but still there's humor and it's funny situations and things happen like that. And so I think it, it is kind of written with a wink and a nod. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's what makes it fun. Um, you know, there are some, some that take themselves very seriously. Mm-hmm. And I've read a few of those recently that by authors that I'd never read before. Ellen Hildebrand mm-hmm. is one mm-hmm. that, I mean, these are serious things and, and these are not necessarily happy ending books, but things tie up relatively neatly, but they really make you think, oh man, is that, wow, is this, is this a good thing or not? And, but it's very serious and I really enjoy this kind better. <laughs> the, yeah. the funny, the ones where the characters are funny, they say funny things, 
there's there's a lot of you know interesting joking sort of things mm -hmm. going on between the characters and <clears throat> it's a lot more fun than those where there are serious consequences and all well that. mine was very lighthearted and funny i think yeah uh, mine is set in cupid texas cupid texas mm -hmm. <laughs> it's called how the cowboy was won <laughs> so my character does in some ways i don't picture him as the person on the front cover mm -hmm. he that is so often the case oh yeah. my goodness it, it's like really did did you not did no one tell you what this character looks like yeah or thinks like or anything <laughs> about them yeah, because they talk about him getting his hair cut and how it's kind of even wispy or whatever. And it's like, he does not have a wispy haircut. You can't tell. You can't tell what kind of haircut. Yeah, but even if he... I mean, wispy hair, you could at least see a little bit, I think. Anyway, he does have a hat on. <laughs> see? Okay, look here. Uh, that is not wispy hair. No, it's not. There is no, no wisps. No. Uh -uh. No. Hmm. Okay. And I did not picture her that way either. With red hair. Huh. But her name is Ember. Wow. So, Ember is... What does she do? <laughs> I forgot what... Oh, she's, with you. Right. <laughs> she's a real estate agent. And she was very successful and married. And then her previous husband told her that she was too wild and uh. spoke her mind. And, <gasps> right, all that stuff. And so, he was like... They got caught. At, she'd had too much to drink and they got caught at a party where they both worked for this real estate agent and they were went into the wine cellar and were doing their marriage kind of stuff <laughs> doing their marriage kind right. of stuff that's a euphemism right <laughs> <laughs> and their boss walked in oh my goodness gracious so he was all upset about it you know because he cares what other people think obviously it was all her fault it, uh, yes of course it was <sighs> Not and and she even says in there, you know, he went along with it. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, but his, um, she is now eighteen months free from her divorce, and she's living where she grew up. And her best friend is coming back from New Zealand, and his name is Ranger. Ranger. Yep, <laughs> I loved it. Major Ranger. <laughs> And he's a cowboy, he's a cowboy ranger, ranger cowboy, whatever. <laughs> so Ranger the cowboy. <laughs> right. I, I got to tell you, I only read up through the first 60 so, uh, some pages, and then I skipped to the end. Um, and, you know, before even page 60, I was like, okay, this is what's going to happen. And then when I jumped to page 300, I'm like, yep, that's what happened. Um, but you didn't get to see the magic of it all in the middle. <laughs> I you didn't. Did, you didn't get and the inner turmoil about they can't be together, but you don't know why. Oh, yes, I, I did, actually. <laughs> even in that 60 pages, I got all that. <laughs> And she is considered the matchmaker. So it starts out as at a wedding that she kind of put the two together and it's her sister and actually his. No, anyway, I don't know who that was because they, they're going to a christening the next day, which is why he's back then. And she, um, they're supposed to be godparents. And uh, anyway, she's like the matchmaker. So that the godparents are her his brother and her sister and she got them together also like a year or two ago 
Um, so now everybody wants her to match them up. And so one of the first people that comes and says, oh, this guy, he was so helpful, and I want you to match me up with him. He doesn't even remember that he helped me, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, well, who is this guy? And she goes, well, it's him. And she points over, well, that's her best friend, Ranger, who just got back into town. (laughs) Oh, and so now other people have their sights on Mm -hmm. him. And anyway. And suddenly she feels a little jealous, but she doesn't know why. Right. Yes. (laughs) And they're both kind of back and forth. We can't do this. Okay. But I, ha- I I marked this one spot because I knew Denise would think it was funny. And I know when you're in church that you're always not thinking about <laughs> what you're supposed to think about. <laughs> the sermon. <laughs> but this was so funny there at the christening. And it says... Ember tried her best to pay attention and not get bored, but she found herself mentally listing off the lovers she'd had in her life, <laughs> as she often did when she needed a time killer. <laughs> Come on, are you kidding me? That's what you do all the time is thinking about who you've been with. I've okay. got 10 minutes. I'm gonna Sounds like she needs a hobby. Yeah, one. <laughs> she has to think about That's her time. time. Killer. <laughs> I just thought that was so funny. Just killing time in church. By, by right. Thinking. Yeah. Wow. Okay, I think I'm probably huh. that is turning red right now. But anyway. So then I turned to page, I don't even think it was 300. And sure enough, they're together. So I did miss all the interchange. My name's in here. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So I started reading, and then I thought, okay, I'm going to go back to see what kind of brought them into this. And oh, I saw you kiss Dawn. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, you're like, right, you did. Wow. <laughs> But he didn't choose me. (laughs) So I wasn't good enough (laughs) for the romance book. Mm. Anyway, so best friends, they're together. The best kind. Yes, and I I do appreciate that, actually, that it wasn't like a Mm -hmm. know you for three minutes or three days. It's been a few days. I just met you. Yeah. So they, they'd they known each other since they were little mm-hmm. and all that stuff, so. Okay. Okay. And yeah. the reason I didn't read the whole thing is uh-huh. because I was short on time, not because I wouldn't have read the rest of it. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> well, I only read the whole thing because it was so short, so it was easy for me to do so. Otherwise, I would be in the same situation as you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it took me forever to get started just because I, this isn't my kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, okay. And then finally I was like, all right, all right, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> I had to talk myself into it. <laughs> like, all right. Okay. Well, I read Love of the Game from the Stardust Texas series. Okay. And apparently Stardust is about an hour, maybe an hour and a half outside of Dallas. Uh-huh. I don't know which way, but you oh. know, out there somewhere. So, so Cupid, Texas is down by San Antonio. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, Stardust is nearer Dallas. I realized that I said that this was in Wichita Falls, but it's not. It's in a town called Serendipity, okay. which is... Really? Near. Very near Wichita, Wichita Falls. <laughs> right next to Iowa Park, a bit. That's right. That's right there. So the main character here is Kasha Carlisle, and she's part of a family of 
it's either three or four daughters, all of whom, I think all of whom are adopted. So Kasha is African-American, and she doesn't – I can't remember. It's been a while since I read it, but I can't remember if she knows anything at all about her family of origin or – I can't remember. I think she grew up with her mom, didn't know who her dad was or did know, but he was gone or something, um, and – it was, you know, a really horrible situation, and she was taken away, but, but then she was adopted by this family, and now life was wonderful. So she's a physical therapist, and she has quit her job at the Stardust Old Folks Home to go take a job for double the pay, health insurance, and a pension plan with the Dallas Gunslingers, the Ooh. baseball team, because she just learned that she has a half-sister who is just a little younger, Down syndrome, but Kasha has decided she wants to adopt her little baby sister that she didn't even know she had until last year or something. Um, she, she doesn't really know this new sister yet, but you know she's met her a few times, and she's determined that she wants to give her a loving family and something that, that she's just never had and something that Kasha never had when she was a little bitty and all that. So the first person she has to work with, she's a physical therapist, so the first you know baseball injury person she has to work with is a pitcher named Axel Richmond. And Axel has injured his shoulder, can't pitch, um, and everything he's doing to try to get better is just making it worse because he's one of these really driven, you know, mm -hmm. I've got to get better, I've got to get better, I've got to go pitch, because his dream is to pitch for the Yankees, not the gunslingers, the Yankees. Um, and Axel, they, they both, of course, have their baggage and have their, you know, backgrounds and all that to, to come, come forward. But, but they, they sort of annoy each other a lot at the beginning. But she, she's just started this job. But she's, here's what he's been doing to try to get better, and it's not working. And she says, I can make you better in a week. Because she's going to make him rest. She's going to make him do these exercises that she knows instead of what the physical trainer has mm -hmm. been doing and what the, you know, everybody pushing him has been doing. So that's her first project. And then they just sort of stop annoying each other at some point and, you know, hit it <laughs> up. And, but, but along the way, he, um, she spends a little more time with her sister her half-sister, and, I mean, she's got this family, her adopted family, but this is the only link she now has to her biological family is this oh. half-sister. Um, so she tries to, she spends a little more time. She decides that she wants to, to bring her, her sister to stay with her for the weekend and takes her to the big family barbecue where Axel has been invited because he's, staying in town at this friend's house or somebody who's related to somebody, you know, all that, how little towns are. Um, so he ends up there, 
but the the sister has a meltdown because of course she's not good in crowds of strangers and mm-hmm. and so this is kind of the first time that that Kasha has had her out where she hasn't just been meeting her at the group home where where she lives Emma is the sister's name um, so Emma has a big meltdown Axel's really nice and really helpful with her but then Kasha takes her back to the to the uh, group home and so through the whole book it's um kasha and axel are kind of you know getting along better but she's really seeing positive from the treatment that she's prescribed and the rest time and he makes her do she makes him do yoga which she has never done before because that's not a you know manly thing to do mm-hmm. um so but but it just kind of moves along so that um, he is really good with the sister, and they get along, and so that's that's where it goes. Is they they end up being a couple, Do they get and married? she decides not to adopt her sister. She's she's there, but she realizes that the group home is a is a better place for her because mm-hmm. there are other people. Um, there are her friends, and there are people who can make sure she doesn't, like, when she kept had her at her house for the weekend, she just walked out the door, oh, like, in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. And so at the group home, there's somebody to make sure that she doesn't go walking out the front door. And so mm-hmm. just things like that that she realized, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm mm-hmm. in over my head. Mm-hmm. This is better for her, but I can still be, we can still be part of each other's lives and, and get to know each other. And so I thought I really liked this book because I thought that's not your traditional thing. Mm-hmm. It's not just about these two people. There's more to their lives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so at so- spoilers, okay? Mm-hmm. You're not going to go re- go run off and read this book. I'm pretty sure probably not. Here. No. Um, so if you're listening and you you want to go read this book, don't listen for a minute. Um, so, or forward, you know, go forward a minute. <laughs> Um, but he does get to go get to go play for the rain, the the New York Yankees because he gets so much better. He's even better than he ever was. But then he doesn't. He decides that he's going to stay there because Kosh is more important Aww. than playing for the Yankees. Wow, that's all well and good until later on in life he regrets that decision, and then no, he's already he's already thirty or something, and he knows he's not going to last long anyway. So that's really what it is. But but it sounds really good for him to say he's going to do that because I mean he's got to start in the minors with the Yankees, so right. he's going backward in the club. You know, he's got to prove himself to get out of the minors, and then he knows he's got maybe three years at the mm-hmm. very most if if he's really lucky. So. Anyway, and there's two more books in this series, and it's the other sisters in the family, in the adopted family, and they are a veritable rainbow of diversity in that family. So the parents are white. There's a there's an Asian sister. There's a there's a African American sister. I know there's a white sister because she's got red hair. I think, and then. I still can't remember if there's a fourth sister or not. Anyway, the family owns like a flea market slash antique store. Mm-hmm. 
it's hard to tell which it is because it sounds like it's just stuff jumbled all over, but mm-hmm. then they're always coming home with treasures, you know? Mm. <laughs> so Interesting. Is that right? Is that this book? <laughs> See, here, so here's the other thing about <laughs> they about all blend in together. <laughs> well, they kind of do because I yeah. read a lot. So since the end of De- since the first of January, I've read like 15 books. Wow, that was like me last year. I haven't done that. But this year. <laughs> so it's like, oh, did I? Is that what the? Is that this one? So yeah, I'm sorry. But another one that I really liked, the one about the FBI, was Charmed and Dangerous. <laughs> so it's the Cooper sisters, and it's, it was really good. It's not the first one. The first one is Mission Irresistible. <laughs> the second one is Charmed and Dangerous, but I couldn't find the first one, so I read the second one. But anyway, again, I mean, it was I really like spy stories, too. Mm-hmm. And it was funny romance, so... Because you wanted to be a spy. Because I, well, I still want to be a spy when I grow up. But I'm, I'm kind of thinking at this point, unless I'm a budding Mrs. Polifax, I am not going to be a spy. But you never know when you're going to run into someone who needs your help mm-hmm. in fulfilling their CIA mission. That's, That's true. true. That's true. Yes. So, you know, I'm available. Just saying. Put it out there. Yeah. Put it out there. It out By there. the way, yeah. You know? So what's the difference between a spy and a detective? Oh, a detective works for like a police force. A spy mm-hmm. infiltrates. Yeah. You know, they... A detective will usually go and be like, yeah. hello, I'm a detective. You, you wear and your I'm suit looking. and you got your <laughs> little notebook and you, you interview people and you investigate. Yeah. But a spy... And you give them your card that says that you're a detective. <laughs> so a spy would give you their car, your card and say, I'm an antiques collector. That's right. Or... <laughs> I'm in international I'm really, film or I'm yeah, with the electric company. Like <laughs> <laughs> I'm the cable guy. Yeah. That's kind of a cliche, but yeah, yes. that's it. That's the difference. So I will say that I also at at I'm such a sucker for Christmas things. You know, I will mm-hmm. buy bread because it has Santa on it. I'll buy Coke <laughs> because it has Santa on it. But at Christmas time, I go find all the Christmas romance books because nobody else writes Christmas books. You mm-hmm. know, you don't have Christmas suspense thrillers or Christmas sci-fi books, really. Was hmm. Die Hard ever a book? Yes. <laughs> it was called yes, The it Detective. Was. <laughs> <laughs> so this other, this other, the Nora Roberts series I'm reading right now, uh-huh. um, the, the girl's favorite movie is Truly Madly Deeply. I think that's it. And the guy's favorite movie is Die Hard, so they decide they're going to have an Alan Rickman film festival because he's never seen that and she's never seen the other, and so they're going to do this, watch the two in, in tandem. And it's it's just hilarious. But they, they didn't because something happened to one of them. I don't remember what. Like somebody's... I don't remember what. I don't remember what happened. But, you know, it's... I've read these three books in the last few days. Yeah. So. That's all just... <laughs> Voracious all reader, not discriminating reader. That's me. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Sometimes we have to be, though. But sometimes I should stop reading and do other things I need to do. <laughs> too. I will just say that. I will yes. Say that. 
yes. And some, and I don't always. <laughs> Which is why I only read the first part and the last part of this book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I did read, Chris, like you said, there's the, many books where romance is a subplot. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this series by Judith Flanders. So Judith Flanders is a UK, she's a British author, and she mostly writes um, nonfiction. She's written one about Victorian funerals or funeral customs or, you know, we're really odd odd (laughs) subjects. But she wrote this series of murder mysteries. Um, The first one is A Murder of Magpies and the second one was A Bed of Scorpions and there's two more, I think. Um, And... So the main the main thing that's going on is this murder and you know somebody solving the murder and all this. The main character is a she works in publishing. And after something happens to her apartment like her apartment gets broken into, then the detective who comes to investigate, they start a thing. And so for the for the whole first book and well into the second book, They can't let anybody else on the police force know that they're having this fling because he's not, he shouldn't, you know, it's unethical for him to have Mm -hmm. started a thing with a victim of a crime that Mm -hmm. he's investigating. So that was kind of interesting. But it it was in the background because the main thing was the murder mystery and what was going on with the, all, all that. So anyway, it was, it was interesting. So it's there. And it's a factor because mm-hmm. as she's being interviewed after this other thing happened to her in the second book, she can't talk to Jake like he's her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. They have to be, you know, professional and pretend they don't really know each other except that he investigated this other thing that happened to her. And then I read The Rosie Project. Is that one of her books too? No, it's not. Okay. It's somebody else. <laughs> Tell us about it. <laughs> Graham Simpson, who is Australian, Hmm. and this book was on, like, the bestseller list for a while Mm -hmm. when it first came out. A couple of years ago, I think, is when it came out. And it is so interesting, because um, the main character is this this professor of of, um, genetics, who is... I think he's like somewhere on the autism spectrum, like Asperger's mm-hmm. or something like that. So he has trouble meeting people and he's, he sometimes does things that are not the accepted social thing to do. And But he's this professor. He's kind of, he's decided it's time to settle down, find a wife, have a family, buy a house, you know, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so he just goes at it like like a scientist. Mm -hmm. So he comes up with this questionnaire, and it's it's you know there's a right answer and a wrong answer for every question. And so he puts the deal breaker questions at the beginning, just so that he can weed out immediately Mm -hmm. the Uh people who are not appropriate to be his wife. And and so like he he went to this speed dating event, (laughs) where you've got five minutes with each person. Yeah. So he sits down. They introduce themselves. He says, well, I have a questionnaire. (laughs) And the very first question is something. And she says, oh, yes. And that's the wrong answer. Uh And so he says, oh, well, that's great. Because now we can just spend the rest of the five minutes chatting. Because you're obviously not wife material. (laughs) 
And she's just flabbergasted, of course, and has no idea what to even talk about for the next four minutes because that's not how you start this. So anyway, he, he, um, one of his friends introduces him to this woman, Rosie, mm-hmm. who is absolutely wrong, according to his questionnaire, but she doesn't know who her biological father is. Her mother died when she was 12 without telling anybody who her biological father was, but she made it clear that it was not the man she was married to, the one she thought was her, that mm-hmm. Rosie thought was her father. Mm-hmm. So who better than a geneticist to help her figure out who her real father is because she thinks it's somebody that graduated from medical school with her mother in the in the graduating class so uh-huh. narrows it down to this mm-hmm. however many so they he comes up with this project to figure out who her father is and get dna from all these people <laughs> and match it or Secretly. not to yeah, hers. Say, yeah. um so yeah it's kind of kind of interesting it's a romance it's funny. Yeah. They're it's very different. funny. Because yeah. part of what you're seeing is him trying to deal with social situations mm-hmm. and all this kind of thing. But he's kind of one of those savant sort of people. There are certain things that he does really well and other mm-hmm. things, not so much. Mm-hmm. But his memory really helps him. He's got a great memory. So he decides he's going to attend bar. And he's great at it because he remembers every recipe for every drink that's ever been created nice so he's a fantastic bartender because he can make (laughs) anything anybody asks for anyway that was really fun fun to read Hmm. it was i remember reading about that one yeah when i was working on it well i when i when i ordered it i thought oh man this would be great to read and then i didn't get to read it for the Mm -hmm. longest time it was out or i'd forget or i'd have something else going on and and just not do it and I finally read it. It mm-hmm. was fun. Rosie was hilarious. She had this <laughs> cynical, jaded outlook on life and a really funny, wry sense of humor. Australian humor. Mm. Even wryer and more cynical than British humor. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway. Mm. We're planning our book festival for fall of 2019. Mm-hmm. And, well, we're beginning to plan it. Let's yeah. put it that way. And um, so, one of the, the things we were thinking about is that, that we could perhaps invite Lori Wilde. But after finding out that nobody likes her books except me... <laughs> I don't know if she would want to come here. I didn't say I didn't like, you, like it. You didn't? <laughs> no. Oh, you didn't. You said it was silly, and that was It was, was silly and fun. It was silly and, and fun. And it's not my normal thing to read, so I probably wouldn't read another one just because of that reason, but I didn't. This one was but silly and fun. You didn't hate I this. didn't hate it. <laughs> if, you, if you like this sort of thing, you'll probably like this book. There you go. That's, that, I, will, mm-hmm. I will say that. It's... And I think that too. If 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 romance is your thing, I think that it was a a good book. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just I guess if you're paying it, I don't want to say if you're paying attention, but I mean, it was easy for me to tell who what was going to happen. The you know, I like that though. So you read you read mysteries sometimes, and you think. Holy cow! I am never going to figure out who did this. It's that person. No, it's that. No, and you can't ever figure it out. But then you read these, and you think, oh, it's 
solved it. I am so smart. <laughs> Holy cow. I am so smart. I solved the mystery. Yes. And I did. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> you knew exactly what was going to happen, and here it did. Look yeah. at that. Whew, just that boost of you know self-esteem, <laughs> self-confidence. I, I saw that foreshadowing and <laughs> all that, figured yeah. it out. There you go. See, didn't that make you feel good? Sometimes, yeah. There you go. Especially when it's tricky. Uh-huh. Well, yeah. not too tricky, though. Yeah, right. we'd be able to figure it out. <laughs> so you were saying about the book festival. Oh, I was saying about the book festival. We were thinking of inviting Lori Wilde. So we are going to be contacting her Yeah. to see if she would like to come be our keynote speaker we'll keep you in the loop about that so i have a question about our writers group Uh does anybody write romance in your group Mm. no kind of sort of subplot yeah subplots but nobody's written anything that was just a romance. romance okay primarily a romance right Mm -hmm. where that was like the main just part of the story (laughs) right I'm sure the people that design the covers for these are just like the people that design covers for like other genres, mm-hmm. like in in fantasy and sci-fi. A lot mm-hmm. of times, the the person who does the cover um, just bases it on like just like a rough outline that they were given mm-hmm. by maybe not even the author. Like mm-hmm. maybe just the publisher said, "Make a cover like this." Yeah, and so the, a lot of times the art has really nothing to do with the book like so if that, it's in- <laughs> that's what's funny in that murder of magpies in that series yeah because that's part of what she does the main character whose name i can uh, sam sam claire um that's part of what she does as her job at the publisher is she writes the blurb that goes to the artist to the cover artist to design the cover and so She's one of those people who says, okay, I've got to be sure and give them enough information so that when they come back with a cover design, it's really mm-hmm. what it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. But apparently not all artists are that way. Yeah. But it was really interesting. I watched a, I went to a panel at, I guess it was TLA a few years ago on romance authors. And one of them was a self-published romance author. And, and, she was talking about um, that when you self-publish, you also do your own cover art. Mm-hmm. So she got friends to come pose for the cover. And so her cover actually looks like her characters in her book because she's the one who did it. Even though it was kind of weird having her friends do this, but yeah, yeah, it, it matched the story because the author actually did it. You have creative control. <laughs> That's right. Yes. That's right. <laughs> I think I would rather have an, an, a cover like that that matches what's in the book rather than some artist rendering that yeah. doesn't have anything to do with what's... Just a few sentences. It's like, oh, it's a sci-fi military, so I'll draw a guy in space mm-hmm. on a spaceship with a gun, and that's good enough. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yes? So I would like to share about Lori Wilde. Mm-hmm. She has sold over 75 works of fiction, mm-hmm. and she, um, she's gotten New York Times and USA Today bestselling author, mm-hmm. uh, but she has a bachelor's degree in nursing from Texas mm-hmm. Christian University, 
and a certificate in forensic nursing from Kaplan University. Oh. Wouldn't that be fascinating? Yeah. Why aren't you a mystery writer? Mm. <laughs> uh, she's a member of the international romance as a subplot. <laughs> right. Uh, member of the International Association for Forensic Nurses. Huh. Wow. Forensic nurses. Yeah. That's mm. interesting that she chose romance. That would be really cool to talk yeah. to her about that. Mm-hmm. Like, we, we'll just invite her. <laughs> so we'll, we can have her do two sessions at our book festival, one talking about romance and one talking about being a forensic nurse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and maybe she writes the romance because... It's the other so is such different. a heavy, yeah, yeah and yeah. so sh- that's mm-hmm. something that's mm-hmm. lighter and easier for her. I don't want to say easier, but, you know, lighter topic. Well, yeah, she's got seven series of romances, and then I see on her website four standalone titles, so a lot mm. of different things, So, but... Most of them are set in Texas. That The Cooper Sisters series, The Charmed and Dangerous, of course, they are world travelers. And I can't remember where they're actually... They might be, you know, have started here mm-hmm. in, in Texas, but I don't remember. I wish I had a better memory and, or that I had written things down. But anyway. Um, but the rest of them are, you know, actually set in Texas. Which I really like. Mm-hmm. I like being able yeah. to read a book and say, "I know where that is," mm-hmm. even even if it's a made up thing. Yeah. And they're, but they're driving into Dallas and they mm-hmm. see something or they go somewhere and you think, "I've been there." Yeah, mm-hmm. it's really cool. Yeah, I think this was fun. This was fun. Yeah, constructive so. and enlightening, and and fun and fun. Yep. We'll just circle back to that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, thanks everyone for listening to the Long Overdue Podcast.